Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus is challenging his disciples to carry on his ministry. Well, they couldn't carry on his ministry unless they became like Jesus. So what is a follower of Christ? A follower of Christ is someone who has been reproduced. It's a lifelong process of becoming like Christ. That's why you're here today. I want to be like Christ. I want to speak like Christ. I want to think like Christ. When your sins are forgiven by Jesus, you're given a fresh start, a new life. It isn't always an immediate change, though. It's a process of becoming more like Christ. In his message today, Pastor Clark will be challenging you to become a reproduction of Jesus himself. What would it change in your personal life to act more like Christ? In your job? In your interactions with others? As you demonstrate Jesus' love in your own life, others will see it. That gives them the chance at a fresh start, too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, with today's edition of Lessons for Living. in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. The year 1956. How many were not born in 1956? Let me see. Oh, Lord, help us. Young people. Vera, I'm sure, full of it, the same. Well, for those of us that were born, we can hear some statistics. The president was Dwight Eisenhower. He had a vice president who eventually became president and left a little early. You remember Richard Nixon. The population was 2.8 billion. What kind of songs were happening in those days? Love me tender. It was Elvis, man. And uh, what was the big song in 1956? Heartbreak Hotel. Well, on TV, it wasn't the Stratford Wives or whatever. It was The Wizard of Oz, the very first showing. Well, how about the movies? Did we have R-rated? Did we have all that jazz? No, we had actually decent movies in those days. Around the world in 80 days. And if anything has changed since 1956, it is the price of a stamp. Today, you can almost get on a plane and take your letter as cheap as it is to mail it. It was three cents in those days. You say, well, why did you pick 1956? Here's a picture of why. In the United States, there was a church in 1956 that built a new building. Underneath the building, they put this time capsule. 
had all the newspaper articles of what was happening exactly in 1956. Well, this year, they demolished that building, dug up the time capsule because they're putting a brand new church over it. And they went through this time capsule and it looked like, when you look back 50 years ago, man, everything was frozen in time. What was the church like in the United States in 1956? What has happened to Christianity in the United States since 1956? Do you think it's gotten better or worse? How different is our church? We didn't start in 1956. I remember 1956. My dad was a pastor. We just built a new addition to our church in Lincoln Park, Michigan. I remember it very well. What about us? 1992. We started this church. Any change since 1992? Vieira, you were a gleam in our eye in 1992. No, we didn't even think of Vieira. But God has been gracious to us. If God tarries, what will the church in the United States look like in 50 years? Well, what you're going to discover today is, oh, there'll be lots of changes it would be significantly different. It might, might not even look like this in 50 years at all. But actually, when we hit John 14, we're in the year 30 A.D. Do you know that most things that are fundamental of the church have never changed since 30 A.D., and they will never change? We want to study those today. We want to find out what that looks like and why we're here. Well, what is the church? Church is not a building. Church is a live organism. It's a body of believers who are here to carry out the purposes of God. First thing for you to write, you and I, the church, continue the ministry, the message, and the character of Jesus on the earth. So if you call yourself a real Christian, a believer, disciple, what does that lifestyle look like? Well, it's really the same in A.D. 30 as it was in 1956, as it is in 2007, as it will be if God tarries in 2057. It's no different. The fundamental principles are exactly the same. Look at John chapter 14. Jesus, starting in verse 12, says to his disciples, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will, circle this word, will do what I've been doing. He or she will, circle the word, will do even greater things than these. Because I am going back to my father. You remember at the start of his ministry, Jesus chose 12 men and he said to them, Two words, come, follow me. The words were, follow me. What was Jesus doing? The very same thing he's doing this morning, 2,000 years later. He was going to reproduce himself in these 12 men. You see, the disciples were going to take his place on the earth. Here in John 14... Jesus is challenging his disciples to carry on his ministry. Well, they couldn't carry on his ministry 
And thus they became like Jesus. So what is a follower of Christ? A follower of Christ is someone who has been reproduced. It's a lifelong process of becoming like Christ. That's why you're here today. I want to be like Christ. I want to speak like Christ. I want to think like Christ. And Jesus says to these 12, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to heaven. I'm leaving you. I'm reproducing me and you so that you can carry on the incredible ministry that I've started. It will never change. That reproduction will happen every generation to the followers of Christ. As you sit in this room and up in Vieira, we're simply followers of Christ. We're being reproduced to be just like he is. Well, when Jesus looked at his disciples, he saw something. They didn't see it, but he saw it. It's a word that I want you to write the definition of. It's called potential. Potential. Having possibility. Capability. Having power. But notice, existing and ready for action, not yet active. When Jesus looked at his 12, he said, I see great potential in you. They didn't see it. They're looking like, say what? Us? Yes, Jesus says, when I leave, you're going to be used powerfully. You're going to expand greatly in influence and in time, in distance and in numbers. The sentence I want you to write is this one. God has designed each of us, followers of Christ, with unlimited potential to change our world. You have unlimited potential. You have no idea what God wants to do in your life. I'm going to be sharing with you some things that we prayed for when we went to China. As you know, my wife and I and another couple just got back from China, mostly vacation. But we prayed for God to open doors. I'm going to share with you how he opened those doors. Things that we didn't know could happen or would happen. And it was just amazing. But see, I'm no different at the end of this teaching today. So you have great potential. Now notice, you have unlimited potential. But you don't believe that. Any more than the disciple believed it. You think God uses some kind of superhuman beings, but he doesn't. That's obvious through the Bible. So today we're going to look at some very interesting things. And I want you to see that the potential you have has nothing to do, the potential of the church has nothing to do, is not based on or empowered by the technological advances of the 20th century. As wonderful as all those are. You know, I got a chance to visit one of the state churches in China. They're open more now to the gospel. And I got to go one morning into a church when we were there. And, and as we were in Guilin. And as I went into the church by myself. And I looked, the balcony was jammed. The church was jammed. They had to set me at the back. There was thousands of people. They had three services that morning. Pastor was teaching the word of God. It was wonderful. No air conditioning. No PowerPoint, no cameras, no Viera, no video campus. But the power of God was there. You know why? Because the word was being taught. You and I have to be very careful that we don't think that the potential we have has to do with 
All this stuff that we have. Now, I love this stuff. We love Vera. We love all the technology that God's given us. We love the buildings that we sit in. How many are glad for air conditioning? Can I see your hand? Say an amen. All right, good. Vera, anybody up there? So, we're not against it. But that is not where the power of God comes. It's not because of buildings, or nice screens, or PowerPoint, or a clever presentation by the pastor. It comes through committed followers of Jesus Christ. In fact, I saw more as I met with an underground pastor privately. I saw more potential in this nation of China. 1.3 billion people, almost all of them raised to be atheists. I saw that the church was making a huge difference. Why? Well, when I met with a pastor, I understood that they relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. They relied on the Word of God. And they relied on a word that we're unfamiliar with, by and large. A word called commitment. Now, today, I want to challenge you and I. These principles, maybe different wording, have never changed. They're the same principles that come out of the Bible. About a year ago, God began to speak to my heart. And he gave me these five things. This is how you get involved here. There are five C's. Today, we're going to take commit. The next, we'll do celebrate and connect, communicate and contribute. And I want you to look at your own life as we go through these. And I want you to say to yourself, what's really taking place? The first one is commit to be a growing follower of Jesus. Now, write the definition down, if you will. Of the word commitment. Write this definition down. Here's what it is. Commitment. An agreement or a promise, notice, to do something. Well, that's no different than Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these. So, As you see that word, I want to remind you today that the pastors and the elders of this fellowship believe that these five core commitments will ensure you of the optimal journey to become like Jesus. Commitment. While we were in Beijing, I'd been there two times before, many, many years ago when I was there, It was even worse than it was today. It continues to be, although it's changing significantly, one of the ten most polluted cities in all the world. They use coal a lot and all these things. But about five or six years ago, China made a commitment. The word commitment. They were going to do something about pollution. Now, they're going to do something because of two reasons. Number one, health. Many people have Serious diseases because of this pollution. They have lung diseases, tremendous lung diseases. There's something they have called the Beijing cough. (coughs) And that's one reason, because the health of the people is very poor. Number two, the Olympics are going to be in Beijing. So about five or six or seven years ago, they made a commitment. And they're in this path of making these changes. It's changed significantly. They're not there yet. But it's changed significantly. One of the things we noticed that really challenged me 
was they, they decided about five or six years ago to plant, and I don't know how many, but I guarantee you this, city's probably 16, 18 million people. They made a commitment to plant millions of trees. I'm talking about big trees. So everywhere you go in that city, doesn't matter where you're at, there's trees everywhere being planted and have been planted over the last five years. Now, why trees? Anybody remember from biology? Please take the, the trees, take the carbon dioxide and, and release oxygen. So everywhere we went, there were either tree farms where they're growing these trees, five, six, ten foot tall, and they're transplanting them things absolutely everywhere. So it reminded me, because I knew I was going to teach on that, they weren't just talking about doing something. They were committed to do it. And they've started. Many Christians simply talk about it, about being committed. They don't really follow through. Now, Jesus knew what commitment was. He would say to his disciples, I only do those things God asked me to do. The disciples would catch that. He was saying to his disciples, I'm leaving. I'm not interested in a bunch of guys that are casual, half-involved followers. I'm not interested in that at all. He says, I'm interested in guys I can count on who are committed to do what I did. You need to change the world. So let's look and see how we're doing with this very first C. Here it is. Commit to be a growing follower of Jesus. Not just commit to be a follower, but a growing follower. You see, most people in the United States believe they're committed followers. Now, let me make a disclaimer. I'm an American. I've been born in America. I love America. There isn't any country in the world I'd rather live in and be in than America. I love it. But I want to tell you this. I love to travel overseas because I I get a picture of the world. See, most of you haven't had a chance on a regular basis to visit many parts of the world. Do you realize China and India are 2.6 billion people? That's eight times what the United States is. Eight times. I personally believe in the future, China, along with India, is going to rule the world. We're pretty much on a downward path big time. See, when we get our news here and we watch football or golf, when you see the rest of the world, that's not even on their radar screen. Nothing wrong with that. We're watching that TV, man. What's going to happen in the Super Bowl? 99% of the world could care less what's going to happen in the Super Bowl because it's not about the Super Bowl. So we're crazy here with our foods. Our foods are horrible as a large. And these countries, these people work. When you're in China, and again, I love America, and I'm not talking about this church, but pretty much we have a lot of undisciplined, uncommitted people in all aspects of life. It's not the same as it was in the 50s. When you go along the streets of Beijing, thousands of miles of streets, on every street, there's flowers and bushes trimmed perfectly on both sides and in the middle. There are new airports, 8, 10, 16 wide, brand new roads ready for the future traffic. Just like Wickham. (laughs) Am I right? And again, we live here. What is wrong with us? How many years has it been like that? 
How long will it take to change? And you go to these other countries who've watched our mistakes and they've learned. You know, in those, in those paths, because they've got so many people on those streets, I don't know, we don't, we never could figure out how they did it, but probably about every mile on one of those roadways, on the right side and the left side, that's somebody's job for the week. Trim the bushes, weed it, water it, make it look beautiful. It looks incredible in the entire city, spotless, 16 million people. Well, they don't do everything right. As Christians in the United States, Barnes says, he did a survey and he said, are you religious or are you very spiritual? In the United States only. And he asked people, well, let me give you the statistics because I think it's interesting. Uh, 62% of Americans said, we're not religious, we're very spiritual. And then he said, okay, what are your priorities? Knowing that obviously if you're very spiritual, just give me an idea here in VR. Who do you think would be number one in your life if, if you're well, no, hello, yeah, that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? 51% of the people, the top number said family. Family's the number one, family's a very good priority. That's the number one priority? You know where God came in? He came in second. You know what percentage? 16%. You see, we think we're committed. But we're not. Well, that's not new. Probably the saddest verse in all the Bible for Jesus, we discover in John chapter 6, you see it here. Jesus had just talked to his disciples, and he said to his disciples, the followers, by the way, many people follow Jesus. They call themselves followers. They would follow him, and he would heal people. They would follow him, and he would provide food and multiply food. They would follow him over here, and he would do a miracle, and a blind person. Could see. There were many followers. Then one day, Jesus said to these followers, it's going to get a little tough for you now. It's going to get very different than you thought. It's, it's going to be hard. In fact, if you're going to be a follower, you're going to have to suffer. In the earlier parts of John, chapter 6, Jesus kind of outlays what's going to happen. Well, when Jesus says... You're really going to have to be committed now to follow me. I think maybe one of the saddest verses in all the Bible that Jesus is here in John chapter 6. Look what it says. At this point, when Jesus said, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, whoa, 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 you're going to have to be committed. At this point, many of his disciples did what? Turned away and what? Deserted him. Now, how can a follower of Christ, as he follows him, at some point, go, oh, okay, turn away and walk his own direction. Well, you can't call yourself a follower of Christ. Look at the rest of the verse. Then Jesus turned to the twelve. He said, you can do the same? Peter, for once, has the right answer. Look what Pete says. Lord, who are we going to follow? We've learned that you're the only one that has life. Why would we follow anyone else? Being a follower of Christ isn't a one-time thing. It involves something hard, commitment. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that you can be different. You can be a light for Christ, but you need to be willing to stick with it. The change won't happen overnight after all. Today, you can take a first step to be more like Jesus by committing to whatever he's asking of you. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Commitment is more than just words. It's taking action to show that you mean what you've said. Join Pastor Mark next time on Lessons for Living as he talks about what it takes to follow Jesus. And it won't always be easy. You may face persecution and discouragement. But in the end, this commitment is worth it. Pastor Mark will encourage you to keep moving forward in your faith. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Live for God with Unlimited Potential. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a herd